Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Welcome back to The Moon Underwater with broadcaster, journalist, Tony Livesey. We're having a great time here putting together Tony's Dream Pub. But we have been left on three sopping wet riverbed tenterhooks. So, Robin, could you please complete The Moon Underwater Pub Quiz, please? Sure thing. Um, Yes, this week in The Moon Underwater Pub Quiz, it was uh, questions about rivers so I, I named a town or city, and you have to tell me which river doth flow through it. So the first one was Istanbul. Tony, what, what are you saying for Istanbul? I'm going to go for the Bosphorus. The Bosphorus, John? I'm not good at rivers. I've gone for the Tiber, but I think I might have made that up. Yes, uh, Tony was right with the Bosphorus. There we go. Died on the cross for us. Question two was Florence. John? No. <laughs> Tony? Can I just uh, double that no? No, I no idea. It's a good one. It's Arno, the River Arno. Arno, uh, yeah, Arno. <laughs> I know that one. Uh, but it's such a famous bridge, isn't it, the Ponte Vecchio? But uh, is it? Yeah, never heard of it. Okay. And question three was Carmarthen. Tony, let's go. With no idea, and I'm ashamed. No I'm ashamed. John, and the Taff. No, it's the Towie, the Towie uh. River. Which my mum, who's from Carmarthen, once said spells its own name. The path of it, when you follow the route, it spells the name of the Tawi. Um, and it's not to be confused with the Tawe, which is the river that meets the sea at Swansea Bay, hence Abertawe. Confusing, isn't it? Tawi and Tower. Anyway, a bit of river knowledge for you there. Tony, you won the quiz. What, one point out of six. With one point. <laughs> Excellent. I learned that from uh, from Russia with Love, the James Bond movie, because ah, yeah. uh, it's set in Istanbul. Mm. There we are. Source material. You were also a journalist out in the Middle East, weren't you, Tony? Yeah, I love that. Do you know, I'm a great believer in... So I sound like a home bird, and you know all the evidence will point to the fact I am, but I'm a great believer in jetting off and making your brain work a million miles an hour. So after I'd done three years on my first local paper in my hometown... I just I'd qualified and I just said, right. And I, I opened the UK Press Gazette, which is a trade paper, and there was an advert for the Gulf News in Dubai. And this is 1986. And I just said, yep, applied for it, got it, went out. I felt like, what a culture shock. Landed during Ramadan, literally the place was shut. 
and um, worked on that paper for a year. And there was only at that time, I don't know if either of you have been to Dubai recently or at all, but you've, you'll have seen images anyway. It's, it's basically New York in the desert now. Back in the day, there was one tall building. They had a, a, a sand golf course where you played off a bit of square green carpet. Now they've got green golf courses, that kind of thing. I always remember a guy, I don't remember his name, but a lovely fella came up to me on day one and planted four cans of Fosters on my desk and said, that'll get you through till the end of Ramadan. And then you have to apply for a permit to be able to go to an off-license. And wow. so that was my introduction on the drinking side of Dubai. But then again, as soon as I, I learned the ropes, there were all the major hotels in Dubai. I had discos and bars and everything, and the social life went on and on and on and on. They don't like to parade it, mm. but but it was acceptable. So that so anyway, my brain worked a million miles an hour. I learned so much about people, about life in that one year. It, it was worth 10 years in the other job, so it was fantastic. Wow. God, Tony, you've done so much more than I have. Well, I just challenge yourself. I always, I just think, I don't know, because I've got to the age now where I've, I've reached the peak of the arc and I'm, I'm very, I've found the one job I love more than anything, the job I've loved most in my life. So I've found that and I'm very happy. But when you're striving around, yeah, you've just got to keep that brain ticking over. Surely you guys, there's moments now, even though you're good at what you do, there's moments when you you think, what? I mean, I don't know about you. I, I Certainly I've been on Have I Got News For You, a mastermind, and hearing those theme tunes woke me up. Yeah. They were challenges, absolute challenges to do that. Brilliant, brilliant. Or do something that you find quite easy that doesn't challenge you. It's <laughs> well, just another. Both good options. That's my life today. Both good options and all grist to your mill. Now we have another selection, Tony. Two spirits. Yes. Based on our previous conversation, I'm tempted to pick the uh, Gordon's Zero Gin. Mm. Oh, it's so good. Seedlip was the first one I was introduced to when I was telling people at work I wanted to give up drink midweek. And I, I thought that was okay. And then someone just gave me a Gordon's. And that is indistinguishable from the real thing, I find. The thing with the non-alcoholic gin is when people try it, they say, oh, let me try a bit of that. And they drink it neat and go, oh, mm. that's disgusting. Yeah. And you're like, when was the last time you drank neat gin? Yeah. It, I mean, it's, gin is just is flavoured alcohol anyway. Mm. So if it's just about adding flavours to something, then surely it's not that much of a stretch to make a non-alcoholic gin. Yeah, vodka's the one, isn't it? You, all it tastes of is the mixer, whereas gin, I always say with, with Gordon Zero, to people who I recommend it to, is just say, bang loads of ice in a bit of lemon, and there you've got the, the, the whole drink. I mean, you say who would drink a, a gin on its own. My mate Kev in Corfu a few years ago had a, had, had a few, and he ordered a gin and tonic, and was turned away from the bar and the barman placed the drink on the table. He turned round, drank it and then turned away again. Meanwhile, the barman came back and put the tonic in the glass. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Thus inventing a drink, the, the gin then tonic. The <laughs> <laughs> GTT. Yeah. Uh, so we, for the, we tried a few of those, but the gin then tonic. Accidental discoveries, the gin then tonic. Wow. So I might put that in. I'm holding my, my bets on that. The one drink I want to definitely put in is ouzo and lemonade. Mm. Um, only because the first spirit I ever had in anger in a pub was a perno and lemonade. I felt it was sophisticated, but also catered to my sweet tooth. If I ever had a short, I mean, it Burnley in those days ordering a perno and lemonade at seventeen. You know the looks you got from the bar staff. You can imagine. <laughs> I got went through a phase about sixteen or seventeen of having perno and black mm. in a pub. Yeah, I think we thought we were sort of French poets or something, but there was probably a. A two-month phase of Guinness and Perno and Black. 
It's absolutely disgusting. That's, an, that's another bottom thing, isn't it? Do they drink perno and ouzo? It's a cocktail they have called with perno, ouzo, marmalade and salt, and they call it the Esther Ranson. Esther Ranson, that's it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Uzo Lemonade, does it go cloudy? Yeah, it kind of does. Uh, it, again, you know, lads holiday in Greece, 1985, we were banging back the Uzo, and it's one of those drinks that doesn't transfer very well. You can buy it in Sainsbury's or Asda or whatever, other supermarkets and all that kind of thing. But You don't have to say that here, Tony. You can say what your favourite one is. I'm so terrified uh, of, of, you know, the impartiality rule and just being balanced and everything that once on air I criticised uh, KFC's chips for being flaccid mm. and then immediately redressed it by saying but I don't I don't mind their bargain bucket <laughs> just, just <laughs> balance. desperately, try, desperately <laughs> trying to balance it all Tony do you want to know a great I'm, I'm not one to pass on radio broadcasting wisdom to you but there's one thing I've noticed we have never ever ever said other whatever are available and no one cares no no, and so my, well, the, the the theory is the conspiracy theory is, as you say, a product. Of course, you get a box of it in the in the post, don't you? But, mm. uh, is that really true, Guinness? Is that really true, Stella? I don't know. <laughs> is that really true? I once said on, I told an anecdote on air how I nearly cried when a belt I'd had for thirty years snapped, and someone sent me <laughs> someone sent me a belt I'm still wearing now, but I've not been able to acknowledge it on air uh, <laughs> oh, in case nice. I get get it taken off me. Um, so ouzo and lemonade, yeah, great in the sun. It's one of those drinks. It's just great in the sun and brings back a lot of memories, uh, a lot of memories to me. So I'm going to go for that. The 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 uh, the other one I think is one I had recently, but uh, it's my go-to cocktail. I'm not a big cocktail man, uh, but it's a Long Island iced tea. Mm. Oh, that's got all the booze in it. That's just mm. everything. So you go through all the ingredients. You know, what do I want a vodka and passion fruit? Do I want a gin and rhubarb? Or do I just want everything in a one glass? And I had wanted to, I went to Reed's Hotel. You ever been there? Now we're plugging places in Madeira, Funchal. Beautiful, um, you know, 100-year-old hotel, afternoon tea and cocktails on the terrace and that kind of thing, watching the sea. And it was fantastic with a Long Island iced tea. Beautiful. So am I allowed that? Or is that a mix of too many spirits? Yeah, no, you can have a Long Island iced tea. It's one of your spirits. Um, just I want to ask a semi-serious question because we're talking about how boozy the the sort of journalism world was, and especially in London in the 80s and 90s. And I'm guessing many colleagues, you know, when the party stopped, they didn't stop. So how have you managed to sort of... Are you just lucky in that alcohol is something that when you need to be away from it, it doesn't really prey on your mind? Or did you have to sort of... Have you had to address drinking, moving from that culture into sort of later life? Yeah, I guess I have. I've never, ever, ever in my life woken up and thought I want a drink. I've never, ever got to an airport at 9am and thought I need a drink or anything like that. I have got into, I'm a creature of habit, so I did get into, I told you, I did get into that habit of having a drink most nights. I'd have a G&T when I got home and I've consciously knocked that on the head because I still try and keep fit. As you know, I mentioned it a lot, I do a lot of swimming and stuff, so I try and keep fit. But in London, definitely, no, I got caught up in all that. We would put the paper out and then ho- head off to Fleet Street to hobnob with all the big, really, you know, all the big boys. The sun were there, the mirror were there and all that. And we'd wander in all those pubs up and down Fleet Street, swapping stories. And that, yeah, that for me became, because every night then I was getting home at 11, 12, sick in the old turnips because those were the double-breasted turnip suits you had in the day. And so those were the days when I probably teetered on being brought into that, old the end of the drinking era, but I just, I, I decided after a while, and I did it for a good few months and maybe six months or so, but at the end of it, I thought, yeah, you can't maintain relationships 
and you can't maintain your work standards. And I was too busy trying to impress at work, so I so I just knocked that on the head. Um, but it was very, you know, and I'm easily led. I was easily led. I was only 24 wow. when I was on Fleet Street, so it's very young. And of course, every, any, everyone impressed me there. I was I was with all the. Some people have their views about tabloid journalists, but at the time it was Kelvin McKenzie's son and all these boys were swanning around. Telling, and at the time, these were tabloids that were toppling or making governments. It was a heady, heady cocktail, to pardon the pun. And so it was quite easy to want to be sat in a pub listening to all the stories and I wasn't going to sit there drinking orange juice because that's just not what I did. But I, but I got myself out, yeah, and I guess I, I, I would definitely say I've never, ever craved it, but I do enjoy it. I do enjoy it. And when I'm out with my mates or at the football or going on holiday, yep, it enhances the experience. What a great balanced view. What well, That's the dream. That's the dream, not crave but enjoy. I've, I've often said I, I, I can't, you know, and I talk to a lot of alcoholics on the programme for various reasons on various topics and, and obviously they they can't touch it again. And I, I've often thought to myself, we've talked about it with my mates, to be in that position, I, while it's best for your health, it's a, it must be horrendous because I... I enjoy it and it enhances my life in certain quarters, but I just, I'm lucky enough to be able to say, and you know, I gave up, I smoked 30 a day for four years and suddenly was watching Rocky, thought I was having an heart attack. It was wind, but I just snapped them all, put them in a bin and never had another one. I just must be able to, to, oh, wow. to do that. God, thank God for that wind. Yeah. I have said though, if, if circumstances dictated otherwise in life and I, and I got a rather bad diagnosis, I'll be back on the, on the Benson and Edges before you could, before you could say anything else. Cause uh, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we've all we've all entertained those thoughts. Yeah. Well, it's food for thought. Very interesting there, Tony. But we're going to give ourselves a little bit more food for thought. We're going to, in fact, we're going to chomp down on a four-course meal of thought <laughs> in the Moon Underwater Pub Library, Robin. <laughs> Thanks, John. Welcome to the Moon Underwater Pub Library. So this week it's another musical entry, and it's the Irish folk group Lancome, who recently released an extraordinary album called False Lancome. I don't think I've listened to anything else in the past couple of weeks. And it's an album of beautifully arranged folk songs, which is not afraid to experiment or go to some pretty dark places. And the song I've chosen for the pub library is a bleak song and an album of bleak songs, and it's called On a Monday Morning, which is a song that was written by the English folk singer Cyril Tawney. And it's probably one of the best descriptions of a hangover I think I've ever read or heard. The extraordinary thing about the song is it it kind of captures something quite profound about the drinker's experience, this sense of, if I can have such a fun time at the weekend, why do I now find myself standing miserably at the bus stop on a Monday morning? So it's this song that's filled with remorse and kind of seems to be questioning the nature of drink. And it's also this beautiful melody, and it kind of sounds like a minor key version of a more uplifting folk melody, like a tune you might have heard on a Saturday night, but it's been refracted in the cold light of morning. So I'll read a couple of verses and uh, skip the really depressing one about needing a new liver. (laughs) But this is just a, a few verses from On a Monday Morning by Lancome. Too soon to be out of bed, too soon to be back at this bus queue caper, or fumbling for change for my picture paper on a Monday morning. Wrong end of the week for a smile, wrong end of the day for being civil, it's many a saint would be a devil on a Monday morning. Where is the weekend now, where is the whiskey and beer I tasted, 
gone the same way as the pay I wasted on a Monday morning. So there we go. It's kind of bleak stuff, but it's absolutely brilliant, I think. An incredible album. So is that an album of folk covers? Yeah, they're all traditional songs. I think there might be one or two originals, actually. But just sounds amazing. I haven't heard anything like it. It's brilliant. They're called Lancome. Yeah, and the album's called False Lancome. Yeah. What does Lancome mean? I'm not sure, actually. I think it's an old folk song, False Lancome. And what was the name of that song? That song's called On a Monday Morning. On a Monday morning. Well, we're getting more lyric sheets into uh, the Moon Underwater pub library. Yeah. It would seem that perhaps our librarian has taken uh, taken umbrage at having to read books and would <laughs> yeah. rather spend his time on Spotify listening to the latest chart hits. Uh, I, it's, it's, there's, some, there's some truth in that. But, uh, but also yeah. very good. Yeah, but lyrics. You can have lyrics in a library. Of course you can. Of mm. course you can. Superb. So that's Lancome on a Monday morning from the album False Lancome. Tony, we've got a jukebox here yeah, in the Moon Underwater and we ask each of our guests to leave a little piece of them in the form of a CD uh, which has their favourite album on. It has to be a CD. It has to be a CD. <laughs> I, I don't like CD jukeboxes, but that, that's, an, that's another point. You don't have to like it, Tony. You've just got to leave an album on I will. I will. I've, got, I've got a weird relationship with jukeboxes. One, one of the first pubs I ever went out in a place called Colne, which is near me, mm. that actually had a hymn on it. That's the only place, the only wow. time I've ever had the old ruggy cross on a jukebox. Our friend Tom Wilson's from Colne. Oh, there you are. Yeah. Well, I'll know, I'll know Tom. I'll know his face. How old is he? Uh, he'll be uh, my age, 42 Does he still live there now? No. Oh, no. then I won't probably. <laughs> he's got out as he's escaped. Yeah, yeah. yeah Vim's on jukeboxes up there. <laughs> so what, what I've thought about, I'd have had the jam, but mm. I'm not going to leave the jam. When I was at college, we played one song for a full year on the jukebox, which was Hitsville UK by The Clash, which is uh, just tremendous, takes me back. And I was going to have rum sodomy in the lash. I just got drink flavour, but the, the Pogues is the greatest gig I've ever been to live. But about eighty-five, I think it was at Leeds University. But instead, I was in a bar. There's a bar in Colne called the Cask and Keg, and all they do they have a laptop and allow you to go on it and choose your own records as you go in but there's a queuing system and i went in the other week and i, I jumped the queuing system by accident and got booed because i put on ingelbert humperdinck singing please release me i'm, a, I'm a, I, I like a bit of 70s and 80s action so i'm gonna go for for the only band that physically when i hear it can get me on my feet and, and i can't stop my feet do you have a band like, i just it, i can't stop myself not all their songs but most of them so i'm going for the best of wham Mm. If you were there, stunning. Simple as that. It's the Wham's greatest hits. Mm. It's Wham's greatest hits. So, Freedom, which is the greatest song of all time. It's do, brilliant. Do, do. Are we? Is that allowed? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I really like how your musical tastes swing massively from the sort of critically acclaimed grassroots of, uh, you know, the Jam and the Clash yeah. to. Rod Stewart, Engelbert Humperdinck, <laughs> and the best of Wham. I think Wham are critically acclaimed, or certainly critically revised now. There's a really good book, music journalist Jude Rogers. She wrote a book which came out last year called The Sound of Being Human. And there's a, there's a whole chapter about freedom in it. Oh, she talks about so... how just amazing the melody is. That, that, and that's what I go for. I've realised in life I like a melody. For example, I saw, back in the day, I saw Joy Division live. 
and I got the most criticism I've ever had on the radio on Drive one day when I said I saw them and I thought they were garbage. <laughs> I did like Love Will Tear Us Apart, but you can't say Joy Division are garbage. So the other week, um, we had we celebrated the anniversary of Blue Monday by New Order. Mm-hmm. And so we had Peter Hook on, and I, I couldn't speak to him because I'd, subscri- I'd slagged it off. So Blue Monday by New Order, I don't know about you guys, your generation, but what, the discos of Nelson, when that came on in the 80s, it killed it. Mm. How does it feel? You know, freedom. And then, how does it feel? So I, 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 I know what I like. Yeah. Well, I have to say myself, if I were choosing an album for my pub jukebox, Christa Berg would be on my mind. And I'm, I'm not ashamed to say that. No, I had Lady in Red on 7-inch. Like mm. it. Yeah, great tune. <laughs> great tune. I've, some, of the so- I had, I, some of the songs I had on 7-inch, Christopher Cross, Arthur's Theme. Wow. We play them on Drive, and I think I bought that. Why did I bought I bought Da 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 by the by the police? Yeah, no, no, by that German band. Da, oh da, right, da, da. there's a Beatles link to that. I can't remember what it is. I think it's something to Klaus Vormann. I think he might have played on that. On what on Da Da Da? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I might be wrong, but yeah. anyway, I got Scatman's World caught in my head the other day. The Scatman song. It's got a really great melody. Oh yeah, yeah. I have tasted beauty. Scatman John's last words. Mm. Anyway, sorry, I don't know why I know that. And he had a point. It takes a bit of courage to admit to your true musical taste. Yeah. It absolutely does, because, you know, peer pressure and all that kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, I don't like the idea of guilty pleasures, but there are certainly some things... I mean, when you talked about music that gets you dancing, it's impossible not to hear Casey and the Sunshine Band give it up and not actually start moving. Yeah. I was doing it on on the London Overground the other day. Uh, the sign of a good song for me that gets you move, moving. Were you moving up and down the carriage, were you? Yeah. <laughs> shuffling in your Because he can do you know, the whole train. Cause it was yeah, yeah, he's here again. <laughs> uh, the, so, yeah, so the, I did a thing on Drive, actually, to celebrate Freedom by Wham. Uh, I, I, I said, you, try and name a song that gets you going in nine seconds like mm. that does. And people mm. were suggesting all sorts of things, but it didn't, it, it didn't work. So, you know, something for the kids to play at home. Well, the best of Wham playing out in the halls of the moon underwater, a joyful day indeed. This is your wild card choice, so this is free swim, whatever you want. Well, I'm going for an... Uh, undefinable cocktail that I had once on holiday with my mate Dave. The the problem was, and it, it relates back to George Michael, is we were in separate rooms in the villa, but both came out that night dressed as George Michael. It, and seriously, not fancy dress. We had white shorts on, white zip-up tops, white espadrilles, and our hair was bouffant because we both felt we looked rather like George Michael. <laughs> so we were out that night, and he we were in a disco, and he bought a cocktail... And it was massive. It had everything in it. And it, it was so big. It, you know, when they have those monkeys clinging to a straw, I could swear it was a real monkey as he walked across the dance floor. The dance floor parted. Everyone thought, who's this dickhead? And then I realised <laughs> he was coming straight towards me and I was the other dickhead. And so we had that moment together when we looked, two George Michaels locked eyes on holiday once over an, an unidentified cocktail. But I'm going to put that in with, with my mate Dave holding it. Is it, if that's all right. Yeah, we can call it the My Mate Dave, if you want. Please, let's call it that. Is that all right? And any hint as to what was in it? What colour was it? No, but I, I'm suspecting it was Ouzo-based. 
because we were we were we were still in the Greek islands somewhere. It wasn't the, the holiday first when I discovered who was there, but we were in the Greek. He's, he's just recently survived a cardiac arrest, Dave. He died for twenty minutes. Oh wow! Well, over he went. And his dog ran off and ran onto a cricket pitch. And luckily, a member of the of the team playing uh, knew CPR and saved his life. That's incredible. Wow. What a good story that, isn't it? Yeah. Have you had him on the show? No, I haven't. I haven't, actually. Oh, get him on when he's recuperated. Yeah. No, he's, 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 to, to have died for 20 minutes, he feels his mental faculties have slowed down somewhat. We, of course, can't tell the difference and all that kind of thing. But <laughs> it's quite sobering when your mates start keeling over. It comes mm. to us all. Well, also, we interviewed Fabrice Muamba for a podcast called How Do You Cope? Oh, yeah, I've done. And what we didn't realise until we spoke to him is obviously we're talking about him being collapsing on the pitch and dying for, I think, 50 minutes, maybe longer. He doesn't remember anything about any of it. So you're speaking to the one person who has no knowledge of the one thing you want to talk about. Exactly that. Yeah. I mean. Add to that the fact that he's media trained as a footballer, so he's quite good at giving very short answers. And after about 10 minutes, we're thinking, oh, my God, come on, (laughs) another 50 minutes here. Yeah. Where's the anecdote? I've I've interviewed him myself, Fabrice. Yeah, but but yeah, they they don't know anything about it. And the whole but but the the, the thing for me as well, John, as well, is that it's afterwards what he's going through now. He's had this thing planted in his chest. This uh, is it um, a, a defibrillator. So I I till he went, I didn't even know the difference between a cardiac arrest and a heart attack. Because when he went. I said to me mates, oh, it's his lifestyle, because Dave is a proper drinker. He loves his booze, loves his food, all that kind of thing. But he's been, he's been given a clean bill of health. It was just sudden death syndrome, and they can't explain it. So he's now got this big thing in his chest that will kick in like a donkey uh, if he keels over again. Like but a donkey the, rog- robbing a bank. Yeah, exactly that. It's the, it's the, un, it's the not knowing. Imagine mm. that, to be in that position. You just don't know when your heart's going to stop again. I mean, that's certainly what's happened to these footballers, because... You know, you couldn't get a cleaner bill of health than, you know, Premier League footballer. No. But it's just, you know, uh, if it's one in, I don't know what it is, one in however many thousand, every so often one of those is going to be, you know, a footballer. But yeah, that is quite scary to not to not really be in control of of your, your health like that. Yeah. So I'm glad we've named a cocktail after him in the bar. That's great. Yes. The My Mate Dave. Yes. And now, as promised, we must leave to the realm within a realm. Uh, to provide patrons with their choice. If you would like to hear Tony's Dream Pub Companion, and also if you would like to listen to the bonus podcast, Behind the Cellar Door, which comes out once a month, where Robin and I, I think it's safe to say, visit the pub within the pub within the mind, within the pub? (laughs) The pub behind the pub. The pub behind the pub, yes. Uh, Within the mind. Um, Then go to moonunderpod.com and click through uh, to the Patreon link there. But for the others, for the Johnny-come-fly-be-nightlies who just want what's free, and there's no disrespecting that at all, uh, we will see you back very shortly. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Wow. Folks, we're returning to you now. And uh, I have to say, we chatted to Tony for a long time about a lot of people. And it was very interesting. So if you want to access that pub companion, head to the Patreon page. Uh, but there's two bits of business for you before we uh, before we bid you farewell, Tony. Uh, first off, we need to know what thing or person or behaviour you're going to bar from your dream pub. You're barred. Well, I knew this was coming. I thought about it. Stone Floors was was a candidate because I've got dogs and they hate them. So I was thinking, ban Stone Floors. No one that. Then I ban horse racing on TV, which I I don't mind a TV in a pub because uh, I watch a lot of football in pubs. But horse racing, I find soulless. People just stood in a pub watching and betting on horse racing. It's just it's not the kind of place I want to be. How do you manage to bite your tongue working for Five Live with? Uh... Well, I, I, of course, I love it when the uh, when the Cheltenham Festival and I absolutely oh. loathe it, and I think it's a waste of time, and no one cares about horse it. racing. Yeah, yeah, it was. Just, it was well. All it, all it did at, uh, in when I was a kid was ruin Saturday afternoons because it was on grandstand all afternoon. You know, oh. I watched the wrestling on the other side. I get how people are into it, but it just doesn't do it for me. I've been to a few events, never watched a race, just sat in the bar or talked to my mates. Not just doesn't do it for me. I, most sports I can get into, even the tidiest way. But horse racing just does not do it for me. So and there's a pub. I drive past it every night on my way home from work. I'm think, I, th- I always have a casual look in through the window because I think the football will be on. And I think, oh, well, I might get a, 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 you know, might be celebrating a goal. I can see if anyone's scored. And it, it's always the horse racing. I think, who's watching horse racing? Probably from America in a pub at 8 o'clock at night. I mean, that, to me, is soul-destroying. But I'm not going to ban that. I'm going to ban brass bands, and I'll explain why. I just <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I, uh, I was on a, I was on the first date with the person. It turned out was my wife in the eighties, and not the first date. It's the first time she met my family, and my grandma had a significant birthday. I can't remember which one it was now. Probably eighty or something. And it was her chance to choose the venue, and she chose the Hapton Arms in Burnley. And they were due to have a brass band concert outside the pub that Sunday. But bad weather meant the brass band had gone inside the pub. So we were sat having our meal within a foot of the brass band. (laughs) And at one point, the trombonist played a long slide note. (laughs) And the slider went so close to me, grandma's head and the noise of the trombone that she jumped and flung her piece of fish in the air and it landed in my wife's handbag. And ever what? since then, that was the first. That was the first introduction of my wife to my family. And so, our brass bands. In, I love brass bands, but inside pubs, probably not the greatest. 
So it's a bit specific. Mm. It's the first time someone's banned something from being in a pub that I've never heard of being in a pub. <laughs> you haven't been to Burnley. I have. I haven't actually. I there haven't. you go. Hurry up, please. It's time. We'll now remind everyone about the choices in your pub with its segmented nut tray, no doubt. Half pint of Superbock in a pint plastic glass, Murphy's, Whispering Angel Dry Rosé, Heineken Zero, Ouzo and Lemonade, Long Island Iced Tea, the best of Wham playing on the jukebox, and the odd My Mate Dave knocking around the place. Your pub companion remains a secret. And there are no brass bands, thank goodness. But, Tony, what are we going to call this place? Well, I, I, I just think there's a pub in Burnley at the moment which is which has become semi-viral uh, because they they named it after the last manager we had. And uh, they said if, if, he, if, if he gets us to Europe, we're going to name the pub after him. It was called the Princess Royal and it was the, the roughest pub in Burnley. It's now a great establishment. It's brilliant. It's, it's like the Burnley fans' base and they call it the Royal Deitch. And so I'm. Can I have that, or can I have the Royal Dykes too? Well, I'm just checking because we had Jordan North on. Oh, I. And would this might be? Is this the first ever double naming we've had? Oh. I'm just looking through my notes. It could well be. He's he's another one who superseded me on the famous Burnley fans <laughs> list, but he gets all the work I do now. Tony, you're okay. You're okay. Uh, Jordan called his pub the Robbie Blake, so you can call yours the Sean Dyche too. Royal Deitch. The Royal Deitch. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's the merger of the Princess Royal and Sean Deitch, the Royal Deitch. And there's a picture of him outside on a swinging board as King Henry VIII. Oh, that's <laughs> very, very nice. <laughs> Great. So it's lovely and regal. Uh, so the Royal Deitch 2 uh, is your pub. And, Tony, your company and your anecdotes have been absolutely fantastic. Thank you so much for coming here to the Moon Underwater. And I will speak to you on Friday. John, it's been an absolute pleasure. Robin, too. Thank you. Thank you. very. As long as I've not said anything that's going to get me sacked, I shall go home and, uh, and, and dream about my uh, bittersweet novel. <laughs> catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello, it's William and Jordan here from Help, I Sexted My Boss. And on Tuesday, our show at the London Palladium will be streamed live into cinemas. So if you want an evening full of laughs and outrageous problems and dilemmas, then come along and join us on the big screen. Help, I Sexted My Boss live is showing everywhere and everyone's welcome. Go to sexedmyboss.com slash cinema to get your tickets now. That's sexedmyboss.com slash cinema.